Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 114 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. Thanks for joining me today. And um, we have got another fantastic example of why uh, ABC or The Bachelor needs to increase Golden Bachelor by an hour and decrease Bachelor in Paradise by an hour. Um, this week's episodes followed the same suit as last week. And again, uh, just overall thoughts are still love Golden Bachelor. It is, I can't say enough about how refreshing it is and how feel good it is and how they are making me invested in this whole storyline. Um, I don't know if that's just because of their ages or if that's because how it's being presented to us, if that is just a just because it's a new frame of reference for us as viewers to watch it, if it's a combination of all these things, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I mean, I'm just loving it. And to anybody who will probably you're not tuning into this if you don't watch, but to anybody that, that, either has never even watched The Bachelor or got so burnt out on The Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise that they're like, this is stupid. I'm not watching anymore. Even if you don't come back permanently, just come back for The Golden Bachelor. Just, just do that because you will be so, so pleasantly surprised. It's just like watching an entirely different show to me. It's so amazing. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise, on the other hand, is so, I almost think that it is to the detriment of Bachelor in Paradise that it follows Golden Bachelor. Um, in retrospect, I'm glad that they did it this way. Uh, not that I wasn't always, but I, it makes you, it makes the, the defining differences between the two so extreme that it, it almost makes it even more torturous. Yes. I'll even use that word <laughs> to watch Bachelor in Paradise compared to the Golden Bachelor because it just flips on the, on the initial, um, on the, whatever, last week on the first Bachelor in Paradise, I was even like, oh, maybe this is a little bit different in the production. Maybe, you know, maybe they're going there and trying to make it a little bit more like fun and, and like silly and things, um, which I guess they've always done that. But I, I this, this week was, it was terrible for me. I kept looking at the clock at every commercial. First of all, it seemed like they had a commercial every two minutes. And second of all, which is fine because I just could fast forward through that. <laughs> um, second though, it just, I, literally every other commercial, I'd look at the clock and be like, surely it's almost over. Nope. It's only been 10 more minutes. I, it just seemed like it drug on forever and ever and ever. Um, I heard that last week, um, in last week's episodes that the decline in the viewership, the, that golden bachelor had by far leaps and bounds, um, the highest ratings that the golden or that the bachelor franchise in general has seen in a long time. I think it was the highest since Matt James, um, 
season, which was very high because it was the first Black Bachelor and because it was the first Bachelor coming off of like the COVID bubble eras. It was still a little bit of a bubble. They couldn't travel overseas, but they at least were going to be doing more um, fun dates rather than making cutouts uh, of a taxi cab and walking that down the street. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's been, it was by far the highest and I can't remember the exact numbers, but it declined quite a bit when it jumped to bachelor in paradise, the viewership. So the viewers didn't even tune in for bachelor in paradise, but then the second in the second hour of bachelor in paradise, apparently plummeted to almost nothing. And I totally get it. Honestly, if I weren't doing these recaps and wasn't invested, like I am, I would probably have done the same thing. I don't even know if I would have tuned in for this week at all. Uh, so yeah, those are my overall thoughts on it. Um, we'll get into the nitty gritty here, but, uh, I just, it, it's, it's kind of crazy and, uh, maybe it will give the bachelor franchise themselves a whole new perspective of how to permanently change things to, um, satisfy the viewers. You know, um, I even wonder if they would ever do this. I don't know, but I even wonder if they would cut down, the bachelor shows to just an hour overall. Um, I mean, every other st streaming dating show, their episodes are only an hour, 45 minutes to an hour on all of like love is blind and the ultimatum and all love, uh, love Island. I don't know what for sure about love Island, but all of them, their episodes are only an hour. So we've seen that they can put an hour's worth of stuff because they do it in the golden bachelor and it actually, maybe that's even part of it. Maybe that's part of the reason we love it as much or better too, is because it's just not like shoved down our throat for two hours sitting there and they are forced to include things that just get old and, um, and dry and you, and just like torture to watch because it just is rehashing things over and over and over again. And you're having to create drama to fill two hours worth, you know? Um, so wonder if they would at all consider that, you know, I get that there's more into play with that because then ABC in general has to come up with another show to fill that hour with, but I don't know. Anyway, that those are just my thoughts. And I, not that I couldn't watch more of golden bachelor because I like it so much, but the fact that they can fit it in in an hour is truly just so refreshing. And I don't even think the only downfall I could see in that possibly is that it could being only an hour might cause you to have less, less of an investment in each contestant and get to know them because they have to sort of rush through it in an hour and they can't focus on enough people's sort of background to get you truly invested in their story and in their connection with the lead and all of that. Um, but I don't know so far, I, I feel connections to these women and their connections with with Gary, I always want to say Jerry. Why do I always want to say Jerry? But because it's spelled Jerry. Um, I, I find myself really connecting and already only after the second, second episode and could see any one of these women, like if they transfer this into like its own franchise with bachelor and bachelorettes, 
um, even after only this long, I can see any of these women as the bachelorette and me being invested in it. So I don't know. It's just, um, cool to watch. And, um, I hope to have some guests along this journey here to recap with me, um, so that I can get other perspectives of other people and even maybe different ages of people to, to, to find out how they, how they view it. Because I don't know if this is my angle just because I'm of an older generation. I don't think it is because I'm hearing accolade everywhere, all over social media and podcasts and everything. So, but anyway, all right, so let's get into it specifically here. So we start out with the, well, well the first thing we seen we see is no music again. And it's a woman who is crying and another one of the women is sort of like comforting her. My opinion is that they stuck the scene in because they initially wanted us to think that maybe this was going to be like some drama, like maybe one of the women made this woman cry or something along those lines. Um, we learn later, this is not the case, but again, it, this was like a good teaser for you to be like, Oh, what's this about? And then, you know, it's very common, even on scripted shows to do this. Well, they'll show a scene, even actually the real housewives franchises do this a lot where they'll show a scene that's very like dramatic or someone's crying or something happened. And then they'll cut back and say, you know, whatever, three days ago or a week, whatever. 24 hours ago. And so that was kind of the angle they did with this, which I think is an effective uh, tool in, in watching a show. Okay. So, and making you want to tune in, not that I didn't want to tune in. Um, so then anyway, though, so they cut back to when the women get to the mansion. And again, this was the cutest thing that like, there still are, there still are, uh, pieces of, of, the the bachelor sort of um what am i trying to say like the the routine and the basics um that they give us still that so that we still get the bachelor feel so we still have this so this is reminiscent of any time the women or the contestants arrive at a new city or a new hotel or new anything. They act like this is the best thing since sliced bread and they come in and they jump on the beds and they jump in the bathtub and all, you know, whatever. Uh, we had no bathtub jump ins, but we did have a woman even jumping on the bed, which very impressive for age 70. Um, so they come in and they're so excited about being the mansion, but then they actually verbalize like, so we know that we have some women on this show that have seen the bachelor and some that have not. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, there are definitely some women going like, like ITMing about how they, this is like surreal. Like they're actually at the mansion where the bachelor's filmed, but it's so endearing because it's like, almost like they're fans, you know, like, I feel like it's how I would be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. I watched this in my whole life and I'm here. It, it's like only almost fangirling. So it seems like genuine and real and not like oh, they belong there or I don't know. So, so they're running around, but what's so great to me is the realness of these women and again, their generation and the things that they find, uh, good or bad about their, uh, their home that they're going to have for the next week or two or whatever it is. And it was things like, so there was one interaction of women because they have bunk beds, okay? And one woman asked the other, do you like top or bottom? And she's like, uh, I prefer top. 
And the one that asked the question said, good, because I've had a knee replacement lately <laughs> and the top probably just not, would not work for me. So she's refer referencing her knee replacement. Um, there was another instance about someone uh, acknowledging that they liked that their bedroom was really close to the bathroom because when she has to pee, she has to pee. I mean, that's just how it is. And uh -huh, yes, speaking from a, a, an older woman, when you got to pee, you got to pee and you got to be right there. Um, that was totally funny. Um, they, what else was it? There was a couple other conversations, I don't know, that were just specific to them being the ages that they were. Oh, one, one of the women, not that any woman wouldn't probably complain about this, but I think when you have lived your life and you have your established, uh, what you're used to as far as accommodating yourself and your things, she was kind of like, complaining quote unquote about there not being enough closet space and enough drawers and things like that which would definitely be a something i think that the older you are the less flexible you might accept that <laughs> because you're used to it um anyway i just love this part i thought it was so endearing and the women were like all they were all they oh take it back they were not standing in the bathtub but they were all standing in the shower <laughs> again it was almost like they were in on the joke like why are we all standing in a shower but they all were standing in the shower and one of the women went up to help hold on to the shower curtain thing I, you know i guess as to not fall and it came down and they all sort of laughed and then were like you know yeah well we love you jerry or, or gary well i just said it again we love you gary i don't know what they said but um like, so they did that, but they're all like a big unit. And then they cheers, their cheers was to social security. Like they all cheers with the champagne and were like, to social security. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I love that they're embracing this. I, on, I had on my stories while I was watching this that, again, this is my perspective alone, but like, it made me feel good about aging. Like this, this show makes me, and this was definitely not something that the 20 somethings and even 30 somethings will, will relate to at all. But it made me feel good about being my age because I see these women and I see them having fun and I see them being active and I see them embracing their, their beauty, they're like, this sounds so cliche, but like their inner beauty, but also their outer beauty and not, and you know, like, so what if I have some wrinkles and so what if my arms are a little saggy or so what if like I have gray hairs or whatever, they're just so comfortable in their skin. And it, you know, it makes me feel like you can still like live life into your sixties and seventies and embrace it. No matter if you're single, married, whatever. I don't know. It just makes me feel good for like my generation and older. Uh, I love it. Um, so then they're all sitting in the little living room and Jesse comes in and he has a date card for them. And this is where you can tell there's some women that haven't watched it. Cause he said, <laughs> he sets the, most of the women seem to be like, Oh, it's the date card. You know, like they're excited for all of these like set things to happen to them. And, um, she's like, what is that? Like, and I, like, I really like wasn't. And again, when people are doing stuff like this, they're not trying to put on a show for the cameras. Like you, she genuinely was like, what is that? Like, what is that? And someone was like, oh, that's a date card. And whenever Jesse was going to walk away, like he does, um, she was like, why aren't you going to open it? Like, where, where are you going? <laughs> it was just, it was the cutest thing anyway. So 
Teresa gets up to take the day card and read it. And um, it's, oh, sorry, it wasn't Teresa. I don't know who it was. Someone gets up, maybe it was April that gets up to read the day card and Teresa gets, gets the date. And like the women are all so genuinely happy for him. You don't even have them, at least at this point, like throughout this episode, they occasionally cut to Leslie and make her look like, and they may have even done that for this one, but they cut to her and make her look like she's like a little less than thrilled, which I'm sure they all, I mean, obviously all of them want the date card. So they're going to be happy for the woman, but there's going to be a little part of them that like, is like, oh, dang, I wish it was me, which is really to me, all that they're representing in Teresa, it's not like, oh, I'm sorry, in Leslie, it's not like she's like, oh, Teresa doesn't deserve the date card, you know, which is what they would do in a regular season. So she gets a date card, but the women are all so absolutely genuinely happy for her. Um, so then they, while she is, um, Let's see. Oh, while, yeah, while she was getting ready, they have another one of the women that was curling her hair for her to get ready for the date, which again, thought was the cutest thing. And, um, cause they never, you know, that that probably happens in the regular bachelor, but they don't show us that kind of stuff, you know, like that's like a real thing. And she, it was cute because she even like, I'm sorry if I like see, keep saying that this is all cute. Cause I feel like that sounds condescending. Like they're these cute old helpless ladies, but it just is, it's the best word I'm going to come up with. And I don't mean anything by that word. I just love it. Um, but she's telling her like, oh, can you maybe curl that that way? And she's like, honey, I've been doing hair for 25 years. Just let me do my thing. And then they just laughed, you know, like it's not, nothing's turned into drama where like it could be and probably would be in other shows. So she's talking about her husband that died while she's curling her hair. And, you know, they're all sort of, this is like, they're, we always talk about PTCs or personal tragedy card. Well, obviously a lot of these women are here. Some are divorced, but some spouses have died. And so like, there's an automatic PTC for a lot of these women in the death of their husbands. And so, but then we, instead of having to have the traditional PTC given at the nighttime portion of the one-on-one -on -one dates, we're hearing their PTCs throughout the show in different ways. And we'll see that later again, but it doesn't have to be saved for the nighttime portion of the, of the one-on-one -on -one dates, you know, like it always is. Um, we hear hers and her telling another woman, not Gary, you know, um, love that. So anyway, Gary comes into the mansion to get Teresa and he comes in to like pick her up or whatever, but like, he's like, uh, uh, he, he, I don't know, just when he, when he comes into the, the room and he sees them all and he like, kind of like crouches down slightly and gives a, like a big clap. And it's like, Oh, it's so great to see you guys. Like in such a real greeting. I, I just loved it. I, I'm like picking it apart. Like every part of this I love. Um, so then what's funny here is that the car, so they get in this like old time. I don't, I think it's like a, like a Mustang or something. I don't really know, but it's this old, like, um, 
sports car and they're driving down the LA freeway and Jerry is talking about how so hard it is to drive in the dark. Their head, his headlights are working, but not very well. So he can't see. And there's all of these like cars and trucks passing them and beeping their horns, I guess, horns, because I guess they're going so slow. And you can tell he's totally stressed because also it's the LA, um, He's from what, Indiana. So it's LA traffic and he's kind of freaking out. And you can, I can tell Teresa, like her hair's blowing everywhere. It's like blowing all over the place. And she can tell he's stressed. So she's trying to be silent, but she like puts her hand on his shoulder and it was like, it's okay. And um, anyway, they get to their destination. Well, I guess, I guess this is where they sort of cut to commercial. And excuse me, this is like this, like, like stressful, excuse me, thing he's going, you know, through trying to get her to their destination. And, and, but it, but it's almost like it's an older person's dilemma because uh, I also get that. I know I'm only 52, but I do get the whole thing about it is a real thing that the older you get, the worse your eyesight gets. And it is harder to drive at night and in the dark without light and things just, it's, they're not as crisp and clear. And it's like all of these, um, um, all of these dis well, that's not the right word, but all of these things that make you less, why can't I think of words? You just can't, um, <laughs> all flustered. It just makes it more difficult to do things, whatever it is, you know? So it's like their, your eyesight's worse. So I love how they're portraying those things. And again, I don't know if the younger generation is going to be able to appreciate those things because they don't have that stuff happening to them yet, but I do. And I, and it's just great. So anyway, when they cut back from commercial, um, they kind of talk about, they get to their date, which is this, this cute little diner. So they go in and, um, they start talking about, she starts talking about her, um, I guess PTC, but it's about her husband and, um, they were high school sweethearts and he, um, but they got married. They were married. I think she said for like 40, 40 years, 42 years, something like that. And he died nine years ago of kidney failure. And, um, you know, Gary is so empathetic to her and he listens to her so well and has responses to her that are just so appropriate. Um, and they just talk about how they have so many things in common, um, being single at this age, which obviously they all are, but, um, they're just talking about different things that made them have a lot in common. Um, first of all, also Teresa, totally, if anybody watches Young and the Restless, Teresa could be, uh, the doppelganger for Esther on Young and the Restless. I'm just saying like they, every time I'm listening or watching her, I feel like I'm watching Esther. Um, so they order like a milkshake that they share and some French fries and whatever. And, um, he tells her that he likes her a lot and she's like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, so like, I don't know. I feel like on the bachelor, if you know, they're given the PTC and like, if he would say that to the girl, like their next thing they would do is start like full on making out, you know, and then we'd get to see the full on make out. And it would be like, just, it's more about the physical chemistry. I feel like on the bachelor. And this is like a real genuine, like emotional connection. And I, I don't know if they're doing that because they're older and they feel like 
you know, women and men of this age don't have as much of the physical chemistry, which I don't know, maybe is true, but like, I feel like I would like to see more of the emotional connection in the bachelor and not so much of the physicality, you know, because like you can only so much watch so much of somebody like making out full on with a camera, like one inch from their mouth. Like it's gross. Um, but as he, here's another production thing that I loved. So as he's telling her like why he likes her and the fact that, you know, he's having so much fun on this date, you hear, you start hearing in the background, don't stop believing the song, don't stop believing. And at first I thought it was just the soundtrack, like, you know, just music added to this scene, but turns out that it's actually music being played in the diner. And all of a sudden it gets louder and some people start getting up and dancing in the restaurant and the waitress gets up on the counter and starts dancing and like the whole place starts dancing and he gets her up out of the seat and then everyone it's like a freaking musical it's like you're watching like watching a, a broadway show all of a sudden and they all filter out of the diner and go into the parking lot and are dancing to don't stop believing this is amazing i mean i can't tell you how much i enjoyed watching this um kudos to teresa like she's a pretty good dancer like for a 70 year old and i don't even mean to say that like she had some moves it wasn't like even like just awkward looking sometimes when it is when you see like your grandma dancing it was like she had a rhythm and a beat um but uh they kiss so then they kiss too and they're but they're like kiss before they come out into the on into the <laughs> parking lot but they're just all out and it's like a flash mob dancing and they're all like some of them are all doing like the same movements and it's just the like the best thing it was like totally produced but it was the perfect kind of produced thing we want to see we don't want to see the produced stuff where the producer has said to another girl hey go break them up now and go cause some drama and make that other girl mad this is a produced where it's actually like we're all going to go out and dance it's going to be an obvious thing we're going to be dancing from our cameras it's totally obvious it's not real but it's a tv show so people are going to like this and the people did like this um he then goes and gets a rose that was off somewhere don't know where doesn't matter i didn't care where it came from he comes back and in front of everybody gives her the rose and they all stop dancing watch him give her the rose and it was a beautiful moment one of my most favorite moments in this franchise history like i love this so much i can't even tell you how much i love this all right I am really going off on this. Okay. I am like 26 minutes in, so I'm going to just stop and go forward. I'm telling you probably my breakdown of bachelor in paradise is going to be 10 minutes long, maybe an exaggeration, but just hang in there. Uh, I'll be right, right back. Okay. We are back. So, um, the next segment is the group date and they don't really make a big deal about like giving them the date card and selecting the group date. But we start off with Gary, uh, doing a photo shoot with Franco. So Franco is a staple of this franchise and he comes in and makes an appearance on this, uh, franchise as well. So welcome to Franco, because I like that they always use the same photographer who is fun and like just very colorful. So he's doing a photo shoot with Gary 
which is hilarious because Gary's doing all these like strike a pose things and it's adorable. Um, but then the ladies all get there and I thought it was cute because when they come in, they're all, they're like, some of them are holding hands when they get there and like line up, they're hugging each other. Like, this is so fun. Um, again, love the camaraderie or not the camaraderie, just the love between the women and the appreciation of each other. Um, so what they're doing is a photo shoot for romance, romance novel, and there's outfits for them to go get dressed into, and they have a whole rack of different kinds of outfits and they all run, they get the outfits, which again is kind of another staple of the show. They do this, which is fine. I mean, I want them to keep in these, these staples and these, um, set things that like, we just know as bachelor occurrences, you know? So, uh, so they go get their outfits, they come out. Um, the women have like, so there's different themes to the, the romance romance novels that he's going to do the photo shoots for. Um, so they all get dressed in these outfits and they come out in slow-mo, which I think is amazing. Um, but April, Jeannie and Kathy are the first ones. Um, that if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember exactly, but if I'm not mistaken, this is like more of like a older, older era picture. Um, am I right? I'm not sure, but there's a theme to this one. I I'm thinking of like, like, like little house in the prairie day, like that kind of an outfit. Am I right? Maybe not because they put a wig on him. No, maybe seventies vibe. Maybe it was a seventies vibe, but they get a Give, they give Gary a long wig, like an old, like, uh, old, a gray haired, sort of really long haired wig. And it's super funny because, you know, it looks terrible on him and he can't, <laughs> can't get it to fit right. And then they want his hair to blow. So like, go get like a leaf blower and like blow it into his hair to make his hair wave. And it's just, uh, just look, they just completely have fun. They don't have him sitting there totally making out with the women and other women getting jealous because this woman's getting to do this and she didn't get to do that. And, um, all of that. So, uh, they, they get, they are, they show Nancy then getting upset. Um, she, I guess they're going to have a, one of the themes is like where the women are wearing wedding dresses and she's getting really, so this is the scene that they started out the show with. And, um, and we learn why. So she's in a wedding dress because that's the theme of this, of, of her particular romance, never romance. Oh my goodness. Romance novel cover. And being in a wedding dress is just upsetting her because it reminds her of when she and her husband got married and it's just like a trigger. It's basically a trigger for her because she's not been in a wedding dress since the day of her wedding. And she and her husband were just so close and she misses him so much. And he of course passed away and she still just misses him every day. Um, and so she comes she come and she tells the other woman this. So it's no drama. It's just her being triggered and having a moment. Um, so then it's their turn to have the photo shoot. And she's just like, she's in the photo shoot. She doesn't say anything to Gary, but she's just like not into it, not really having fun with it while the other woman is. And Gary pulls her aside and um, 
he says she senses that there was a disconnect and she just wanted, he just wanted to make sure she was okay, which is like such an articulate way to say this, you know, because I believe that he probably did sense that there was something wrong. So, and he didn't say like, um, you know, I don't know, just the way he said, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. It wasn't like he was forcing it out of her or anything. It was just like he was wanting to make sure she was okay. So she tells him why she was so upset and why he was triggered. He was just like so empathetic to her and was like, oh, Nancy, like I, I didn't have any idea it was anything like this. And I just feel so bad with you. And again, it's because he can empathize with her. Um, so understanding and relates to her about a similar story of something that happened to him, like the smelling of cinnamon or, or something one time. Cause she always, um, what was his wife's name again? Eh. Sorry. I don't remember, but he, she always made cinnamon rolls and the smell of cinnamon, cinnamon just triggered him and put him in a mood. So like he could relate. Um, then they, let's see. Um, so then they have her going and like, so they talk and she's like, you know, you made me feel so much better and everything. And then they go back and sort of do, um, a reshoot, so to speak. And this time she's like much more happy. And she ITMs about how understanding he was and how sweet he was. And like, it just made her feel better and, and all of that. Um, but then, um, they have, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kathy there. I don't think Kathy, wait, is she one of the ones that even gets dismissed? No, she gets a rose, but I feel like she's there for a narrator purpose. Cause I have her narrating stuff a lot in her ITMs, like what's happening. Um, so I think she's there for like, cause she is like a little bit of a colorful narrator, uh, in how she says things, but I don't feel like, you know, that her and Gary really have a connection of any kind, but anyway, so she's narrating part of this. Um, what I think is so great too, is because when they have these one-on-one -on -one interactions with each other, they like have, um, not that they don't have this. And I'm not saying that people of a younger generation don't have experiences to pull from, but it's just different when you have a whole lifetime of experiences to pull from. So their conversations just seem more deep. They seem more meaningful. They seem like they have more of a point to them rather than them talking with each other about their current connection, you know, like, Oh, I just feel like I have a connection with you. And I feel like I'm really getting to know you. And I don't know, it's just, is so much more depth to it. Um, so then they show him with Leslie and Leslie gives him this really nice compliment and, um, he takes it like so genuinely and so it's like, he doesn't rush in for the kiss just because he's been complimented. He's just like gracious that he, that she's complimented him. And, um, he tells her that, how does he say, um, how does, how does it say? I, he says something, I didn't put, make a note on that, but he says something to her about how does someone that comes off as so sexy, um, how do you take that compliment or something like that? And she starts talking about, you know, like, thank you for the compliment, but then talks to him about how like more on what's on the inside and how she is really sensitive and really emotional and gives examples of this and everything. And, and he's again, listening to her. She reveals to him that she has, she, he says something about whispering sweet nothings. And she's like, well, I can hear sweet nothings because, um, 
And then she reveals that she has hearing aids as well. And he like loves that. And um, he talks about how he loves that she's so confident and sexy on the outside, but like sweet and gooey on the inside is I think how he says it. And like, so Leslie's the one where you've kind of seen her give a couple little looks here and there, like when someone else gets something that she's not, but they never take it further than that. You know, like in the regular franchise, they would cut to her ITM and have her have the woman talking shit about like that girl or feeling sorry for herself or whatever, but they don't really do that with Leslie. You just get like a, a slight indication that that's the case. And, and again, it's good that they are showing some of that because I'm sure it's an actual feeling that they all have to an extent. It's only normal human reaction. Um, so then it's time for him to give away the rose, the group rose, and he pulls Nancy away from the other women to give her the group rose. Um, and so Nancy's the one who got triggered by wearing the wedding dress. So he gives her the rose and literally all the other women are happy for her. Again, here's another place where they like show Teresa, like she's not super thrilled, but they only just, again, they only show that they don't like cut to her IT him like pissed off because she's not getting the rose. So anyway, then we cut to the next day and it's Gary's birthday. He arrives at the mansion in a Jeep and what they're going to be doing is having basically a daytime cocktail party by the pool and the rose ceremony is going to be that evening. So he walks in, he's like, where is everybody? Where is there? No one's around. And he turns the corner by the pool and they're all there and they all are like, they surprise him and whatever. It's like this big kind of cute party. Um, they, they, say to each other again here's another place where it's like showing women empowerment of each other and they say to each other like how is gary going to pick from all these amazing women like they say that to each other you know like we never hear that and if they are saying that in the other bachelors let's hear it like we talk about wanting to like women supporting women well you know that's happening in regular seasons because so many people come off as such great friends on the show and we see that all over the place but we don't really see those connections forming ourselves which sometimes that's as much fun to watch as like the connection between the lead and the contestant or you know some of the drama is fun to watch but sometimes we like to see the fun stuff happening too um, but anyway, they're all so positive and sweet and they're just happy and they just are saying so many things to like make him feel special. And it's just like this fun, fun time. Um, there, no one's making scenes. No one's trying to one up each other. It's just like an authentic fun, like afternoon. So then we have the rose ceremony, like no drama happens, have the rose ceremony. He comes in, he tells them, he looks at them. He tells them that they're all his friends and that he appreciates every one of them. Love this too. Love that he's articulates it this way because like you feel like this is true. You feel like he's actually forming connections, like as cliche as that sounds, not just romantic connections, but like friendships. That's how it feels. It really does. Okay, so he gives out the roses and this is the order. Um, first is Leslie, then Joni, I think her name is. I couldn't hear what he said and I don't really know their names that great yet, but Leslie, then Joni, Edith, Ellen, Sandra, Susan, Christina, Faith, April, Kathy. And when he gives the rose to Kathy, 
it's his last rose and he is like can see the tears forming in his eyes and it's because this is the last rose and he knows that in giving away of this rose he's going to be letting these other women down that have to go home so he's literally full of tears when he gives kathy the rose but she's not upset at him because it means any less for her she's understanding that that's why he's upset she doesn't take offense to it like i feel they like they would in other shows she like comforts him when she takes the rose but he is like like legit crying at this point because he feels so bad so he gives her the rose and then jesse comes out and like tells them you know that if they didn't get a rose they have to leave while they're all the women are all saying goodbye jesse comforts gary and and like says you know like i i know this is tough man i'm i'm sorry but like you know like like he comforts gary and gary's like i know thank you it's such a real moment i love it so much um i don't love that he's crying but i just think it's so heartfelt like i just love this you know i love that this actually means something to gary and it means nothing about instagram followers whatsoever so the three women go home they all leave with such absolute grace and dignity in class it's amazing i want to see that out of women i want to see grace dignity in class out of all ages of women um then they cut to the tag which i think is adorable because it's natasha she's one of them that went home <laughs> she's in her itm basically like talking to the producers and she's like you know you need to do the rose ceremony with chairs you need to do chairs so that we can sit that's a long time to stand and i don't want to be standing that long so what you need to do is have us in chairs when you do the rose ceremony which is so funny and cute and i like everything they say i just love you know anyway it was the funniest thing and that was the end so again my whole recap that is on the bachelor uh golden bachelor is now taken how long took 45 minutes almost all right so i'll jump into bachelor in paradise uh all right and i i'm sorry if like my frustrations are completely obvious when i'm recapping this versus the golden bachelor but it's just how i feel so we ended of course where avon uh is going to be coming down the steps so we know the drama is going to continue between olivia and kylie and avon all right so we're starting right off avon walks down the steps with a date card he basically um like we cut to kylie obviously olivia's right from the last show where she says something like we all know that she's waiting for avon and will's just going to get kicked to the curb and because that's all she talks about is how she can't wait for avon to get there kylie delivers with that for real and says like whenever they greet each other to say hi she quote unquote says that's our first ever moment together and she's having an out-of-body experience right now and I was like, I made a note that says, and this is 20 something. <laughs> so, you know, here we go. Like exact 180 from what we just watched. Like she's taking them meeting as having an out of body experiences, uh, out of body experience, like just, you know, calm down a bit, whatever. So he i don't know what kylie's wearing here i don't know if anybody else noticed this but when she walks up she has a bikini on and it's not like a sarong it's not the bikini itself it almost looks like this giant baggy it's because her her swimsuit is green like with maybe some palm trees or something on it like as a print but it it's like 
looks like an enormous baggy diaper that she's wearing. I don't know what this is. It's not shorts. It's weird. Anyway, I just noticed this and it looked really awkward. Um, basically he talks to both Olivia and Kylie. He may have talked to other women, but we don't see that. Um, and he picks Kylie. We all knew this was going to happen. Um, I noticed in just this one segment, I guess maybe it happens in the golden bachelor too. I honestly didn't pay attention to that. I really didn't, but there is a shit ton of Frankenbiting happening here. And as a reminder, Frankenbiting is when they're taking clips of what someone says and clipping them together so that it sounds something like this. We are watching the bachelor in paradise and I am having a hard time looking at her because she has this swimming suit that is, has, looks like a diaper, you know, like they cut stuff together and you can tell there's a ton of that going on. I notice it so blatantly, especially in this segment for some reason, but anyway, um, so then they go, we see Kylie and Avon's date. Basically they go, um, Okay, hang on. Um, basically, they are talking about being interested in each other before the show and hoping each other was there. They're on a boat. They're out, like, they're out sailing the seas on a boat. And they immediately, um, she is declaring him her man already after spending two hours together. Um, it is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, they're just right at it, you know, like work your way into it. You liked a few of her Instagram posts and then gave her a fire emoji. And all of a sudden you're full on making out on the boat and declaring him your man and declaring how into each other you are like, whatever, I guess it is what it is. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it, it's just like throwing me to the wolves when I watch something like the golden bachelor and then I get thrown into this. Cause it's just all you know, at least again, in the golden bachelor, you feel like they actually are taking their time and developing the relationships and getting to know each other. Then you, and maybe that's just this generation. Maybe that's not why I can't connect with it, but like you jump full on in to just making out. That's all you're thinking about is making out, you know, and maybe that's not what it was, but that's what it felt like when I watched it. Um, so now, uh, let's see. Um, so then we cut back to the, to the beach and Blake is like narrating here and he points out the different couples. So we got Blake and Jess, we have Kat and Brayden. Um, we have Sam and Aaron S we have Sean and Rachel and, um, we had Aaron B with Mercedes, but now he is sort of with Eliza and, um, she is saying how she just, obviously she doesn't want another love triangle like last season. Um, but, but she's saying this, not knowing about Mercedes. And she's saying she doesn't want to love another love triangle. Um, I, I have my notes here, but this is what I'm going to say happens. Uh, basically what happens here is that Eliza is unaware that Avon, I'm sorry, Aaron B kissed Mercedes the night before. And she's just thinking that her and Aaron B are having this connection. Well, uh, while they're talking in the pool, Aaron B is up front with her and says, Hey, like, I just want you to know I kissed Mercedes last night. Um, you know, like in the meantime, then on the other side of it, Mercedes is like pissed off because he's like full on with Eliza spending the whole day with Eliza when he just kissed her last night. So like, she's kind of pissed about it. Um, she, they also had this really weird, it's totally taken, like, these are the things I'm focusing on people. I'm sorry, but it is. 
during this whole scene, don't know if anyone else noticed this, but it was very bad editing because these things, they made it look like on the one hand, at the same time, there was this conversation happening between Rachel, Mercedes, Kat. I don't know. There was like five girls sitting at a table together, having this conversation with Mercedes and her being upset by what Aaron's doing with Eliza. And then the same, they act like that's at the same time as Eliza and Aaron B talking in a pool. I don't know how you don't catch this because I caught it immediately. So Rachel's in on that conversation. Hair is down, long hair. Kay has a swimming suit on, whatever. The swimming suit was the same. Totally have that. At the same time, they're showing Aaron B and Eliza having this conversation. But next to Eliza standing is also Rachel. But this time she's in there talking to Sean hair up like they're not like they're not showing us their conversation it just shows that they're in the pool at the same time hairs up in a clip having a conversation okay rachel can't be two places at one time they can do a lot but you can't be two places at one time so clearly i don't know i know this doesn't matter but like fix that editing because this isn't happening simultaneously this is happening obviously clearly at totally two different times so like it's not happening at the same time and then they cut to, then all of a sudden Mercedes isn't with all the girls and Eliza is with all the girls. And again, literally Rachel is sitting next to her again, same place, same hair down. I, I don't know. They really F this up with the, with the editing. Um, I, I guess only what matters was that a late, it comes out in that conversation once Eliza has talked that goes and talks to the girls about how upset she is that Aaron told her this and that she hates this because she didn't want to be a part of another part of a love triangle. And she doesn't like the fact that if this is going to happen again, she feels really bad. And for Mercedes now, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So then Eliza goes and confronts Aaron and told her how it makes her feel that he kissed Mercedes and that she was in this love triangle last year and what she doesn't want to be in one again. And, um, I made a note that it's not even been an hour watching this and it already feels like three hours. <laughs> so it cuts to commercial and then we get Hannah Brown coming down and making her appearance. Okay. This also was so dumb. She comes down, Jesse, they make it look like Jesse's like, Hannah Brown, what are you doing here? Why are they making it sound like he's not a part of this production of the show? And like, he has no idea that Hannah Brown's there. None of us believe that he doesn't know this already. Why are you acting surprised? We don't really think that all you are is literally the host waiting to see who else comes down the steps. So dumb, but she comes down, he gives her a date card and, you know, has this conversation with her. It doesn't matter. Um, I, okay. The one thing I do love is that they bring a bachelorette back to the show and Hannah, cause she's pretty big. I mean, she's pretty, one of the most well-known bachelorettes of all time because she had the whole, like, whatever she just is. Um, she's gone on to have whatever she's got 2 million followers. She's written a book now. Um, but another key piece of information is that we all know if we follow her on her social media, that she has gotten engaged recently. So why are you putting this in? Even if she didn't happen to be engaged at the time that this was filmed, we all know watching it now that she's engaged. So she comes down the steps and of course everyone is there knowing someone else is going to come down the steps. I do think they're actually totally surprised that Hannah's coming down the steps 
But like for the whole entire time, it makes it look like they all think that she's there to go on a date and be on the sand with them. So she pulls all these guys, asks them, you know, like, who are you? Who's your connections with? Who are you with? What are your feelings? How's it going? Leading them supposedly to believe that she's just like, like talking to them all to figure out who she wants to go on a date with. Um, the girls are constantly like, oh my God, I'm not, we're never going to be able to compete with Hannah Brown. I'm like starstruck that, you know, then they're like acting starstruck because like, I don't even care if he goes on a date with the, my man because it's Hannah Brown here. You can have them like joking about stuff like that going on and on and on about, you know, the, and it is, it's a great level that they bring, but I don't know why they didn't just bring her in to do what she did anyway, ultimately with this whole fireside chat, like why, why did they have to have this whole like fake premise that she was going to be going on a date with him anyway? I mean, because us as viewers, I didn't get a kick out of all the other people squirming the fact that she was going to go on a date. I thought it was stupid. I knew she's engaged. So what are you doing? Well, anyway, she has a she finally reveals to them that she's found love herself and that she's just here to host this date and that they all needed to show up at the campfire and they were going to have do a little game or whatever. So the game, they, so they all, they cut to that. The game basically is that she like questions each of them and, and if, and it's totally 100,000% about stirring up drama. Okay. This game was all that's the only point she, she claimed it was because in her season, she didn't know the truth at the beginning. And it's much better to know the truth up front than to wait to find out till later, I guess is like the premise. So, um, she starts asking questions that are, that are going to shit disturb. I mean, that's what it is. Like she asks questions like, um, if you weren't with so-and-so, who else would you be with? And of course they answer. And then the person they're with gets offended or to someone who is with someone else say, who are you hoping was going to be on the on the beach? And of course, then they say someone that they're not with or someone that that's not there yet or whatever. So they tell that truth. Or she asks like, um, oh, she asks like Kylie, who is the better kisser, Will or Avon? You know, shit like that. And, and just, she keeps asking questions. Maybe, maybe 90% of the questions were shit disturbing questions. The other 10% were like legitimate questions that didn't piss anybody off. It was just, I don't know. It annoyed me. I think it was great. Hannah made an appearance, but I wish that what she wouldn't have made an appearance. And it almost was like she was enjoying it. Like she was enjoying causing the drama. I didn't like that either because the whole premise was that you were there so you could learn the truth. Well, like this was, wasn't learning the truth. This was just causing drama. I didn't, I did not like this at all. I hated how they used her in this show. I absolutely did not like it at all. Did not like it at all. Um, let's see. Let me think if I made any other comments about this. Um, Hannah asked Rachel. Oh yeah. That was the other thing. I made a note about Hannah asking Rachel a question. Well, I, I hate that it, I don't know. I felt like it, like Rachel seems like she should hold a higher position here. And I, it felt weird. Hannah asking Rachel a question as if she was like a minion and not on equal ground of being a lead, you know, like 
I don't know. It just felt icky to me. I just didn't like it. Um, let's see questions. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's it. All right. Um, so then, okay. So then when they come back commercial, they all go to the bar and tell Wells that Hannah was just there. And he was like, Hannah Brown. Come on again, you know, freaking well that Wells news Hannah Brown was there. So stupid. Why do they do this? Um, they also have Kylie just go ahead and break it off with Will. And so she's all in with Avon. So they have that. Um, Olivia says she's called it. And so then I guess that drama is going to be done. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, now it's rose ceremony night. Um, actually, I'm going to cut away here now that it's rose ceremony night. I don't have that much else. But again, I won't have enough time to completely finish it. So just hang on for a second. Be right back. Okay, so basically we are at rose ceremony night. Um, so as a reminder, the men have the roses to give out. And um, I guess so Mercedes all of a sudden is acting interested in Will now, now that Kylie has broken up with Will and she pulls him. And they have this like totally emotional conversation where she is telling Will that she feels like they really have a connection. Um, again, my problem here is I'm not saying they don't have a connection, but if they have been like, are, are have you even talked? Because I'm assuming you have talked and have interacted, but we sure, sir, certainly have not seen any of that, like nothing of you and Will talking. So like, production show us a little bit of that so this conversation isn't coming out of the freaking blue because to us it makes it look like a joke like come on like all of a sudden just because will is free now and you got dumped by aaron b now you totally feel like you had a connection with will it seems ridiculous um so ridiculous because will even cries because he says he feels chosen and he's crying in his ITM and he's even crying there with her. And she's like, oh, this is so sweet. Oh, I love that you show this emotion, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, great. But like, where, how are you possibly getting emotional from this? Like, I'm so confused. It's just so weird and out of the blue. Um, she's like talking about how it feels right. And she's so excited and he's what she's been looking for. And to us, again, it seems like it's literally been like three and a half minutes. I don't, ah, it's so frustrating. Um, so obviously the women are trying their hardest to like make these connections so they can obviously get a rose and there already are obviously these pairings. So it's, you know, fine. But then there's these other situations where it's so obvious that they're just trying to get a rose. Um, we have the other pilot, Pete, who freaking, I don't like him. I think he's weird. I think he's annoying. Um, I saw a meme about how pilot Pete though, and Aaron S like someone was like, oh, these are two different people, <laughs> which is so the same because neither of them up to this point have gotten that much airtime and they look similar. So, and they both are irrelevant to me, but either way, I thought that was funny. Um, but he's acting like a dumbass. Like he's acting so stupid. He went up and like broke up a conversation between Kylie and I guess who she was now, Avon. No, who, who he went to break up a conversation between two people. And they said, Hey, can you give us a minute? Like I'm finishing this conversation and he's like, sure. And then in the background, he's like doing this weird ass 
freaking dance. Like, what are you, what? <laughs> um, and he's trying, I guess he's a little older, like 33 or something. And so he's hyper-focused on using the word mature. And of course, like, you know, in the show, they show him using that word like a hundred times, but he uses that word like whatever, 57 times in 42 seconds. It was like constant and just saying like, oh, doesn't she want someone mature? I bet I'm mature. I think that she should have, oh, I'm, I, he, she's not mature. I'm mature. Doesn't she want a mature person? Um, I'm going to tell you, buddy, mature is Gary. Gary is mature. <laughs> that is mature. The definition. Okay. So take some notes. Um, I, I, I made a note here again. I said it earlier that I don't think that the the, the bachelor people producers realize the disservice they're doing to bachelor in paradise by airing them second. <laughs> um, but under, so then they're showing pilot Pete again, uh, but they, it says Pete. And then under it says like, as his, as his, uh, occupation or whatever, it says pilot Pete 2.0. Um, I will tell you that that's an insult to the original pilot Pete, because this is not pilot Pete 2.0. The original pilot Pete may have had his cringiness, but, but, I would rather have cringiness on the original pilot Pete's level any day rather than this weirdo. Like, ugh. okay, finally we're at the rose ceremony. It feels like after watching this for 12 hours, we're at the rose ceremony and we get these couples, Brayden to Kat, Blake to Jess, Aaron B to Eliza, Will to Mercedes, Sean to Rachel, Avon to Kylie, um, Aaron S to Sam. And so those, we all really kind of knew. Okay. But then we have Peter, um, they show Greer, which I completely forgot Greer was there. Totally. She has not gotten one bit of screen time. Forgot she was there. Um, it, let's see. So then we get the drum roll and Peter gives it to Olivia. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how. I also think it's weird because out of all the people he was trying to get the rose from, they never even showed him talking to Olivia. So, but I, I this, this 100,000% is a producer rose. They told him you don't really have connections with anyone. Okay. So give it to Olivia because she's making good screen time. We've got some storyline here. So give it to Olivia. So can't, you'll not convince me otherwise that that's, this is a producer rose. Uh, so the ones that go home are cat, like the wide eyed cat, like the, you know, I'm talking about Brooklyn and Greer. Um, don't care about any of them going home. Brooklyn, she had some funny commentary, but whatever. Don't care about any of them. Honestly, I wouldn't care about any of them going home, but those three went home and, um, we are graced with the fact that on next week's edition, we are going to have the poop. Uh, episode. And this is where apparently Sam ha hasn't pooped for nine days. And we get the disgusting graphic of a turtle's head coming out of his shell, I guess, representing a turd coming out of a butt, which is I, of any humor in this world, poop and fart humor is humor. I do not find funny at all, at all. I mean, not even remotely. If I've ever heard a poop or fart joke in my entire life, any kind of potty jokes, anything, it, I don't understand people finding this stuff funny. I, I really, really don't. 
Uh, it's gross. And I, what is funny about excrement? I'm very annoyed by this. So if this episode annoyed me next week, I feel like is going to be uber, uber, uber annoying. Uh, but so yay for that. Um, okay. So that's that. Um, thanks guys for listening again. I, uh, I'm going to start trying to research having um, some co-hosts here to kind of change it up a little bit um, to get some other opinions to make it to, to see whether other people's opinions are the same as mine. If not, if it, you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, thanks for tuning in. Please, please, please tell all your friends to listen, like, subscribe, follow notifications, whatever you have to do on your streaming platform for podcasts. I appreciate every one of them. The ratings would be great. The reviews would be great. And, um, okay. I'm going to read a Bible verse. I'm going to scrolling down and I'm going to stop right here. Okay. This is Proverbs 12 verse 25. And it is worry weighs a person down and encouraging word cheers a person up. It's a good note to end on. I hope you all have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye.